0: This is podcast 181, and it's entitled Dualism Clinic with James Bernard. And what you've just heard, if you had the patience to sit through it and hopefully um, enjoy it somewhat, is a um, a track from the soundtrack, uh, uh, a track entitled The Battle Rages, of the soundtrack score for a movie uh, quite wonderfully entitled Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires that was made in 1973, but not released in this country until 1978. And it was the last Hammer horror film that was scored by the really inspired uh, composer James Bernard. And... The music of James Bernard is what I uh, am going to talk about today, but in light of a feature of reality that seems to have um, uh, kind of um, underlined itself or focused itself in a way that I want to um, really um, underscore myself as a kind of tool for engaging that I hope you yourself can identify with and possibly even, you know, be kind of helped by as I uh, increasingly am. And um, the theme is monism in relation to dualism. Uh, Obviously, if you've uh, followed these podcasts, I've focused on the um, very great um, transforming power of one's uh, releasing oneself from having to fight battles all the time, what might be called the conflict structure of the reality that we deal with in life. And transcending that, uh, often through meditation uh, as a uh, vital and really um, tremendously valued uh, tool in which you begin to see that a great many of the conflicts and battles and resistances that you've been dealing with all these years or all these months or all these days um, are not only doomed to failure but are kind of uh, inane, futile, and repetitive. And when you sort of take a slightly higher view or uh, get outside them for a minute, you see that they're so relativized that the kind of unity and the unity of uh, of reality and love, uh, the monistic – love unity of uh, of, uh, of being uh, seems to you to be a kind of uh, uh, answer in practice and in philosophy to the radical fissures of a life that is based on perpetual pounding of the drums, uh, whether it's career or whether it's some idea of ambition you have or some way of brokering relationships or even engaging difficult and um, adversarial antagonisms and these uh, in families and in work and in Uh, life and in social groupings and you sort of come to an end of your tether with conflict and you're terribly uh, helped by the insight as Kerouac said that it's all different forms of the same thing and that's a very ancient insight and that um, a monistic view relativizes uh, a a great many things that ought to be relativized now um, uh, that uh, view which I embrace um, through experience it's an accurate view in my view Uh, it needs however to be always um, you have to have a little bit of of, 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 of fingers crossed behind you because there are some situations in which it doesn't work. There are some situations for which the only answer seems to be an absolute knockout punch from the power of good, the power of God, if I may put it that way, the power of Christ, if I can put it even more explicitly, the power of the Lord to to knock out uh, a, an adversarial um, uh, um, massive Godzilla coming at you that is required. And there's only one way, uh, T.D. Jake's prayer, um, help. Now, let me um, build just a little bit of the kind of um, the f- matrix for this in terms of James Bernard and then say something briefly about its implications. This music by James Bernard is really very impressive and it's really very important. There are many blog writings about it. We've all been aware of it over the years because uh, James Bernard a very well educated and um <clears throat> very well um, brought up uh, uh, English men uh, began writing I think in the 50s Uh, I know he began writing in the 50s and we grew up with his uh, scores for these atmospheric gothic horror good evil uh, uh, mythological plays for children and adults uh, called uh, Curse of Frankenstein and Horror of Dracula and The Brides of Dracula and The Evil of Frankenstein and The Horror of Frankenstein and Dracula Prince of Darkness and Dracula His Risen from the grave. And, 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 and um, uh, the uh, characteristic of uh, Bernard's music falls into the following category, and you will have already heard it in The Battle Rages. And you'll hear it again in a very, um, um, uh, very um, succinct and very uh, uh, emotional manner in the concluding track of this podcast, entitled a track entitled uh, The Victory of Love, which was the conclusion and the closing credits for a movie very remarkably titled Taste the Blood of Dracula with Christopher Lee and Linda Hayden and John ja- Carson and others. And whoa, what a movie that is. Uh, but it's actually... Masquerading as a very um, sort of uh, let's knock the earlier generation in favor of the young uh, in a Victorian format and let's show what hypocrites the adults are and what free spirits the children are. The movie is actually a highly traditional uh, reaffirmation of the power of uh, the cross and of light over the malicious and satanic antagonism of the evil, possessive uh, Count uh, Dracula and the powers of darkness. It is a most highly um, um, traditional film, masquerading as quite the opposite. Amazing. And most of the Hammer films are of that nature. Now, What um, he would characteristically do, Bernard, uh, James Bernard, as he wrote these scores, and they almost all fall into some form of this. Oh, by the way, two of the the great ones being um, The Devil Rides Out. We knew it as The Devil's Bride. That's very easy to get. That 1968 movie is fantastic with Christopher Lee. (coughs) And the score, especially the concluding part, entitled Awakening and Absolution, is pure James Bernard, as is... Kiss of the Vampire, um, and um, uh, as is uh, the, um, the score I'm now talking about, but there are many others, the Gorgon. I, I mean, they're literally, there are 20 of them. Now, um, Bernard would typically start uh, the um, proceedings musically in one of these movies with a fanfare with a great drumbeat indicating the power and the entrance of evil onto the human scene or onto the theater of the play itself. Thus, for example, we have... Bum, Ba bum, bum 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 bum, ba bum, ba 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 Now uh, he explained that he would use the word Dracula three syllables, Dracula, Dracula, <clears throat> and almost all of the movies start off with a tremendous statement of the. Intrusive, absolutely implacable and impermeable power of the evil attack against the goodwill of the protagonists, and it's just so defeating, Uh, knocking on the door. And then uh, we characteristically have a theme presented, which is often soft. Sometimes you might call it almost feminine. It's a light motif, but that's not quite the word. It's really a theme for um, either young love, young love that is contrary to evil, young love that is good as opposed to ugly and uh, possessive uh, or, and simply um, death-dealing, and uh, love that is sacrificial and ultimately redemptive. Now, those are strong words, but he underlined them himself. He used those words himself. In his own very, very somewhat uh, mannered uh, and and high class delivery, he himself uh, underlined these uh, ideas. And uh, so you have a beautiful theme. You have it in Scars of Dracula. You have the the, uh, the romantic theme. I think it's called for Christina. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Uh, it's the theme of, of the heroine and her young love. And you have it in uh, f- f- Frankenstein Created Woman. Are you kidding? I know this stuff, but I, it's, I, I live with this stuff. It is me. I am your father. Well, anyway, um, you have it in the theme for Christina, big time in uh, Frankenstein uh, Created Woman. Uh, you have it in... In uh, in the um, uh, the uh, Hammer version of She with Raquel Welch with uh, this romantic, uh, touching theme, uh, the story doesn't quite fit, but there you have it, and you have it um, so uh, beautifully in the concluding track you'll listen to, and in this then, so you have your your evil, you have your. Uh, lyrical, touching, hopeful, aspiring, young theme of hope and love, and then you have the battle between them. And the battle between them, which you've just heard, the The track you heard was called The Battle Rages. And then it's da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And the battle uh, 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 moves incrementally up in uh, thudding uh, uh, um, up the scale uh, until you have an absolutely um, uh, climactic um, uh, rush of the ill against the good. And what you will hear at the concluding track – and you hear it very dramatically in his score for the English television um, uh, presentation of the 1922 movie Nosferatu where you have it absolutely – perfect. You have the the theme of the love of the woman for the man which is sacrificial and will do anything to save him from the power of Nosferatu, Count Orlok or Grolock or whatever his name is and uh, then you have his theme which is horrible and heavy and the two are in a counterpoint of a battle la, 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 la. but then you have the theme of the love the theme of Count Crowlock. and finally in a kind of uh, almost Wagnerian but positive movement the lyrical theme of the sacrificial love of the woman uh, overcomes and negates the horror of the insistent thumping of the Nosferatu and the grand triumph of love. And you see this very well in The Devil Rides Out where the, the minor key that represented the, uh, attack, the intrusion of Satan into these sort of 1920s English sophisticated Satanists is overcome by the uh, beautiful sacrifice uh, that is played out in the love of a uh, protagonist and this young girl he helps so much, plus Christopher Lee as the French Christian uh, paladin. Now, um, isn't that something? Uh, that's what you find. You find those three. Listen to James Bernard in case you're interested, and it's really worthy. The music is wonderful. He studied with Benjamin Britten. He uh, knew Peter Piers. Uh I mean, he was involved in Peter Peirce. I always get that wrong. Peter Peirce is what he wrote. It, 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 he, he was involved with Benjamin Britten when Benjamin Britten was writing Peter Peirce. Uh, I get you can look it up and he knew almost everyone in british music at that time and quietly but i'm sure he um, loved it finally he had these great commercial opportunities and they are laden onto one another now it all came together for me personally and then i'm going to conclude this i was watching um one of the very last things that James Bernard um, scored was a a Hammer House of Horror ITV uh, British um, television show. It was the first episode in a 13 um, episode series entitled The Hammer House of Horror in 1980. And number one in the 13, they vary in quality. The first four are very good. Uh, One or two are good in the end, but the last six or seven with an exception or two are pretty lame. But the first one was the best in my opinion, and it exemplified. The Best of Hammer and The Best of James Bernard. It's entitled Witching Time. You can easily get it on iTunes, Witching Time. And it stars, uh, oh, I, I just always forget the name of the actor, but he's wonderful. And... Um, it uh, depicts a uh, very sorrowful young, youngish uh, British composer of film music who's uh, having a kind of nervous alcoholic breakdown in the uh, absence of his wife who's kind of sick of him because he's such an alienating self-pitying whiny sort of character and she's gone off but she's not gone off in a good direction either <clears throat> and he's all alone and he finds that a witch from the 17th century has somehow found herself into his barn and she proceeds to take terrible advantage of his very low ebb mental state, and it takes him over. And the witching time is the story of a, uh, of, a, of a wife who finally wakes up both to what she herself is uh, involved in and to what she uh, has missed in her husband's poor, very reduced state. And she finds a love for him. She forgives uh, him, really, instantaneously when she sees what he's up against. And she takes upon herself <clears throat> the salvation, literally, of her husband from this witch by a sacramental action that is tremendously powerfully both violent, both heroic, both faithful, and ultimately successful in a most remarkable and beautifully directed um, short uh, uh, television episode with no flab at all. It's really good. And Bernard uh, was asked to do the music for it. And there's a very beautiful, touching love theme. It's sort of baroque. There's all the usual da-da-da-da. Da 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 da. I mean, when the witches and the and the wife or the husband are struggling, the husband ineffectually and the wife finally with effect. Um, the struggle is there. The uh, very eerie entrance of the witch with a kind of organ sound that's very, very sort of very frightening, and then the grand the- theme of the love of the wife and really of them both, which saves the day, uh, literally and specifically. And it's really a picture of the the... the power of dualism, because when I watched this, I said, you know, this poor guy is not going to be saved by meditation. I mean, for one thing, he's an alcoholic, so he's going to have to go into AA. He's going to have to go into treatment. B, he's really despairing. He is—it's such a low ebb. Anything can uh, win over him. He has no freedom of emotional movement. There's no play. There's no spiram, Nothing, and so he's going to—he needs a mighty um, wallop, uh, a, a mighty um, incarnation uh, to uh, fight for him. The Fight my battles, Lord. Fight my battles. And he finds it. Uh, in the miraculous almost sort of coming to herself of his of his uh, alienated um, and at first uh, misinformed uh, wife and it 's very powerful and she does it and it leaves open the great uh, uh, um, uh, sort of wild card of uh, of a dualistic answer to uh, a, a, a um, to a uh, an, 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 um, what I want to say is a an enemy or an antagonist which has animus and malice and is uh, truly maliciously positioned to attack and destroy. And I'm sure as you're listening, you've had this. You've been involved with someone who truly hated you or someone who really wanted you dead or some force or some group of people who really saw but didn't see you as a person but saw you as an object and really wished to destroy you. And that is uh, uh, often happens at work because people often fall into uh, transference there and projections. It certainly happens in the ministry. So I leave that with you. Here was James Bernard's little uh, clinic uh, today for Paul and his friends in podcast uh, 181 uh, involving the necessary uh, percentage of dualism in the uh, healing uh, uh, function of uh, human experience. And we conclude with The Victory of Love by James Bernard from Taste the Blood of Dracula. Thank you.